Welcome to the Midnight Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Ethan Bennett, alongside my fellow co-host, Tyler Sinden. We are both entrepreneurs who are learning, growing, and building our own businesses. Our goal is to share our experiences and knowledge to help you grow and become a successful entrepreneur. Strap in. Before we get started, if you have any questions or things you'd like us to cover, you can email us at themidnightentrepreneur at gmail.com. And if you'd like to join our business discord where we talk about wins, business problems, or general questions, shoot us a message and we will get you in there. Tyler, what is going on? Sunday not afternoon. Not too much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's been a been actually a pretty busy day. I got quite a bit done. I did uh I think two personal videos. I need to I need to freaking get to my non-negotiable video short short that I told you to make sure that I get uh, done. I think like 2 days ago. I I, I got to do it. it. Everything's set up. I I just need to turn the camera and we're set. So I got to make sure I do that today. But yeah, I'm actually doing quite a bit today. It's been a busy, busy Sunday. People, separation season. People take off, take off weekends. We don't take them off. Exactly. We're, we're filming on a weekend. I was working yesterday, uh, working again today, filming the Three Dudes podcast after this. We are cranking out, filming an episode before this. Let the people know that we're <laughs> cheating the system right now. Uh, so the updates. When does this... change shirts so people wouldn't know. Exactly. When does this... <laughs> I haven't changed AirPods. Oh, look at that. Uh, Tyler has his beats if you missed last week's episode. Um, have you... So when this episode comes out, will you have, will you have ran your marathon? Uh, when's this coming out? This uh, comes out on the, yeah, comes out <laughs> on like the 23rd, 21st or something. If, if it comes out on the 23rd, no, it comes out on the 21st, which I will have run my marathon. So uh, how was I it? I run on the August 19th. I'm going to finish. I'm going to definitely beat my goal time of 3.30. No, you got to say, I, I did if, beat my goal time. How was it? It already happened. <laughs> We're not, we're not in fantasy, (laughs) but I know, I know I'm going to be, it's, I'm going to be somewhere between my bonus goal. Hopefully I will be at my bonus stretch, like in between my bonus stretch goal and my bonus goal. But the bonus goal is going to be the one that's going to be tough to try to achieve. So that's where we're going to be at. Maybe we'll do a bonus episode for the people where this will come out on the 21st and like the 23rd, we have like a 20 minute episode, Tyler talking about marathon. We could do that. I'm going to be in Colorado. So we'll. We'll see. Patreon. Yeah. I'll, I, it's funny because so this comes out on the 21st. My marathon's August 19th. I fly back home the 20th and come home to Toronto. It's going to be at night. And then I drive back home three to four hours home. And then the next morning, I'm going to Detroit to fly to Colorado. I'm actually flying to Denver get into Denver and then having to drive to Uber to Colorado Springs. So it's going to be quite the week for me. How far of an Uber is Denver to Colorado Springs? It's about an hour. Wow. That's going to be a long ass Company's Uber. paying for it. Company's paying for it. So we're good. That's fair. That's on your little work yeah. retreat? Yeah. Work retreat's going to be this specific week. So we're trying to get ahead. So that's why we're doing this. So you tell me you go marathon Denver to see your sister, Toronto back no, to no, Denver? No, 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 no. Okay. No, no, no. Yeah. Where did Denver's sister come from? I don't know. Do you have a sister in Denver? <laughs> No. <laughs> so I'm going to Edmonton Friday, yep. run Saturday, Edmonton to Toronto, oh, to fly okay. back home, and, then, and yeah. then drive to home, and then drive to Detroit to fly out to Denver, gotcha. to drive to Colorado Springs, yes. I thought you were going Edmonton, Denver, Toronto, Denver. I'm like, that no, is no, 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 no. dumbest shit I've that, ever heard in my life. Yeah. 
that would be very dumb. That's why we're not going to do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Good thing you're not doing that. Uh, Tyler, what, uh, what <laughs> updates you got for us this week on the business side of things? Yeah. So this is one thing that we were actually talking about on a previous episode where I had Eddie set me up with another guy. I wanted to do a lot of work in preparation before I actually did anything for him. And I sent him the document. We were supposed to meet actually on Thursday. He had an appointment and then he had to cancel, unfortunately. But I ended up sending him the document and I sent you a screenshot of it. And he's like, Tyler, this is fucking awesome. And he just loved it. And then he's like, maybe we're going to have to push back the deadline because I'm seeing all the stuff that you came up with. And this is a lot of stuff and I might need to push this back. So I think that's really good. And then he also, at the end, he said, send me what send me what the invoice is. So I also asked, asked you about that. And I'm not really sure what I'll, what I'll be saying to that. I got to make sure I email back to him. But yeah, I reached out to him, sent him the doc. He really loved what I came up with. So I'm happy about that. When was the event supposed to take place? He was saying the end of September. So okay. he, and then I sent him, you, we, you and I went over the document together and we, I don't think much came of it, but you just looked it over. You said it looked pretty good. And so it's just a bunch of different ideas that we want to do different found or uh, what's it called? Donation places to use and I just sent that to him and with all the ideas that I had come up with, he's like, yeah, this seems like a lot. We might need to push that back. The only issue is I don't know if he knows I'm not in Tampa. So that, that, that'll be, I, I need to, I was going to bring it up to him on the call that we were going to have on Thursday. I'll bring it up on the next call. Let him know that I'm not in Tampa. So, but I, I'm willing to, geez, I'm willing to head on out there and film if he needs anything. Yeah. I'm trying to think, you know, if you should tell him you're in Tampa or just say, hey, here's the price and then use that price <laughs> to just fly to Tampa and be like, I'm here. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know. That that would be a pretty hefty bill. And especially for someone that's this isn't like a business. This is just more of something that he's trying to do for charity and yeah. raising money. So it's I don't want to bill like three thousand dollars. And then that's just baked into, say, all the travel. So that's the flight, the hotel and all that shit. So. And then it's like, we're just doing this first year too. So that's, yeah, what is exactly a, the road to that. What does a flight to Tampa cost a guy? I think it depends if I'm flying out of Detroit or Toronto. I'm, I'm assuming hopefully a couple hundred dollars. That's not horrible. So not, yeah, nothing too bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Well, yeah, well, give us some updates after you have a call with them just so we can uh, kind of go over that. See so, yeah, how that went. That's pretty exciting. I mean, that's two clients. Mm-hmm. Last week we talked about uh, the Google ads lady. Uh, she seems to be excited about that. And now uh, old Rick is excited about the, his event. So things are flowing, oh, Tyler. Snowball. It's snowball effect. I was just going to say that. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's go. You beat me to it. Let's go. Uh, I had a conversation uh, a couple days ago with a gentleman that called me and said, there's a project going on for the Who's Fest. I think I mentioned this last week. And Basically, what they want to do is promote uh, the Who's Fest is like a four or five day event uh, during the year. And they want to start creating stories around the Who's Fest documentary style, old school showing artifacts to keep the name of the Who's Fest in people's minds year round rather than just thinking of the Who's Fest as a four to five day festival. So they want to create these, you know, whether it's 10 to 12 documentaries, maybe they're posting once a month. 
telling the stories of the original families that were involved, the history of it. So I think that's going to be a decent sized project that we're going to be working on. I still have to meet with him and the lady that's in charge, but sounds like uh, they're going to go ahead with it. And then they plan on actually uh, trying to put together some money to actually create more and more of this stuff. So that was a pretty exciting conversation I had a couple of days ago. Uh, exciting that people think of me when they want to accomplish these things. So I'm pretty pumped about that. And I know last week we talked about uh, shooting documentaries and how they're a lot more fun than if I just go shoot a regular corporate video. So I think this is something where I can stretch my creative mind a little bit and get those portfolio pieces that everybody hunts for. There you go. Flex your creative juices and get you into that different market. Would this be somewhat of a documentary style? Because I know that last episode you were talking about that and that you found more enjoyment out of that. Would this be something in that similar realm? Yeah, I think it's documentaries. I think there's like 10 or 12 families and each video would be a mini documentary on the family uh, in their relation Ooh. to the Who's Fest and then telling their story. So as documentaries, we can get it where it's interviews with the families, showing old photos they have, old footage, artifacts. I'm not as sure exactly the style that they want to go about and the stories that they want to tell, but very documentary focused. Nice. That's pretty cool. That's actually one of the ideas that I came up with for Rick because he wanted to interview families that had or dealt with similar situations to that of mental illness or a child trying to take their life or actually taking their life. And that was one of the ideas that I had. So maybe I'll outsource that to you or you can help coach me through that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, whatever, uh, whatever you want me to be a part of, I can help with whatever uh, you need to. It's good that you're now in the business world. You got this business of clients. Now we can collaborate on some projects together. That's what I'm pumped for. Hell yeah. That was actually one thing. Oh man, I forget what I was going to say, but oh, like 20, you were talking about it where the one guy, he built up his whole business after like 600 days. And that just made me think like once I'm able to get to that point where it's just going to free up so much time once I don't have to work. And I just think like the amount of time that work takes up for me, if I'm able to get to that point where I'm able to walk away from work and I'm able to do this full time, it just frees up so much time. Like our 30 day challenge going to be no issues there. If I didn't have to work, just doing so much other stuff, it it's... But at the same time, I, I think this is helping me learn how to balance a lot of time and manage my time well. So if that time does come where I do leave work, that's going to free up 40-ish hours a week to do other shit. So what is it like that'll two, be interesting. 2,040 hours a year or something like that, a full-time job is 40 hours a week? It's a lot of hours, man. I have man. no idea. Yeah, it is. That's You got to think macro picture. Oh, yeah. People, people think too, too small. So yeah, that's really interesting. 2024. It's going to be a even bigger the year than 2023 was. <laughs> <laughs> huge year. Huge year. Uh, what else you got update wise, Tyler? Yeah, I'm getting all my bike shit this week. I should be at least. I ordered a lot of stuff and I got my bike tuned. So that should be done. He said Tuesday, which hopefully it is. And then also I might be getting new shoes as well, man. Man, <laughs> this stuff is actually a lot more expensive than I expected it to be. But the bike stuff like or running, the Ironman stuff? No, like running, like you know, yeah. running. It costs a lot of money. Like shoes ain't it? Shoes ain't cheap. Bikes ain't cheap. Ironman stuff. It's just all that stuff just adds up. But yeah, I got shorts, a uh, shirt, 
glasses. I bought two pairs of glasses and then I was just going to try them out and return them if I didn't like them. I got a 30 day return. So I got that. And then I'll be buying bike shoes. I buy bike pedals. I got my bike tuned and I feel a bike helmet. So I will be able to ride my bike this week. I'd like everything done and here and ordered by Thursday because that's my rest day. And then I'd be able to go for a 45 minute bike ride and test her out. And that would be fun to get get out there and get on the road. But I don't know if right now it's projected to be here between Tuesday and Friday for everything. So we'll see if it's here. Hopefully it is. But yeah, I'm actually really pumped about this Ironman and training for it. I don't know why. I just, I'm, I'm just so pumped. God, you got to be in this like $1,500 deep, man. Um, uh, close or not that much, just barely under the, the bike was actually a really good deal. I, I got it for about seven fifty, and that was like a really good deal. My cousin said that brand new is probably around 5,000, but then I ended up bringing it in and they said there's something internally with that specific bike, bike, bike model or brand and the way they make it. If, if like the tube breaks or something like that, you have to take it out and then you got to stitch it around it. So it's not as aesthetically pleasing because right now it goes like in and then it goes through and they said it might be broken and then they might have to refix that. But other than that, the bike was in pretty prime condition. Um, I bought two pairs of sunglasses that weren't relatively cheap, which adds it up. But, uh, I'm going to be shipping at least one of them back at least. And then I'm also going to, it's going to be right around 1500. Yeah. I, it's funny timing. Actually, I was driving this morning to get a coffee and I drove past a garage sale or not. No, mm-hmm. it was, it was like yesterday or two days ago. And I drove past this garage sale and I saw a bike out there and it looked like a nice bike. And like, I have a bike and I ride bike from time to time, but it's not like super nice. Like I wish I had a nicer bike. And I was like, damn, I should check and see uh, how much that bike is. So then I went to get my coffee and I didn't stop when I was on the way. And then I came back. Sold. Garage sale was gone. I couldn't find the garage sale. I was like, where the hell was this at? It was like a <laughs> pop-up. So then today I was like, God, maybe they're, maybe they're up and running it today, right? Nothing. Can't find it. So... I don't know what happened. It just disappeared into the night, but I was like, damn, because I would have, dude, I would have drove back to my house, got a couple hundred bucks cash and got that bike if it was nice, but then it just disappeared. So I think it wasn't meant to be, Um, but yeah, we'll see if I can keep my eyes on another bike out there. Maybe you just imagined it. It wasn't real. I'm thinking, I was like, God, maybe I just (laughs) thought there was a bike sitting in the yard. (laughs) You really want to bike that badly. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. But good transition into what I actually do want now is now that we're doing more of these documentaries and these higher end shoots, and that's really what today's topic is going to be about is charging what you think the value of the project is and not cutting any corners is that I want to get some new gear, uh, new cameras, a new gimbal that's actually, you know, high quality gimbal my gimbal works right now, but it's super freaking finicky and annoying to use. An easy rig would be awesome. Uh, so getting those higher end cinema, like actual big end productions, that kind of gear is the new goal. I don't know if it's going to happen by the end of the year or when that's going to happen, but I do have a new gear account that I take, you know, every check 5% of it goes into the new gear account. So I'll start building that account up and then uh, getting some of this new gear. But yeah, I'm pretty pumped to start adding to the, the, uh, what would you call it? Infantry of equipment, I guess you could call it. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. I know you've been talking about getting a new camera for quite some time because your camera's broken or maybe you're just saying that it's broken, but 
you you've been saying that for a while now. It's semi broken. I mean, just the HDMI port's broken, so I can't use the monitor, which is super annoying mm-hmm. to just use the three by two little flip out screen. It doesn't. I get by with it. Yeah, <laughs> but the only issue is like when I'm filming interviews in 4K because all my projects are in 4K. The Canon, which is just a piece of shit Canon, uh, overheats after, you know, using it for 35 minutes. But when you have the monitor on there, it doesn't overheat. So that's mm. why I'm like, dude, I need this monitor. So I don't have to keep yeah. battling with this overheating issue. Uh, but yeah, um, we'll see a couple months. Um, I'll probably have a new camera, maybe a couple. I want to just get three. Uh, they're, they're Canon R8s and they're about... 1500 bucks each and those will be my podcast cameras there's no recording limit on them and then just use those and then just have my production camera uh for the bigger end productions i think that's going to be the easiest but obviously if you're going to spend 3500 dollars on three cameras you got to account for that 3500 dollars. so that's a long-term goal not going to happen in the next well, couple you were weeks looking but- at you were looking at your spreadsheets and it looks like you're going to be projecting out to be pretty good so maybe maybe you just drop it Exactly. And that's where I I battle that. I battle that line of get new gear and have this new fun stuff. Or is my money spent better spent elsewhere, like hiring an editor and getting more projects? Mm -hmm. So it's like get the stuff that actually will add to the business. And that's not just for shits and giggles because I can. So I think there's a I fine line that to the business. Yeah. Is the thing. It's like, which one's going to build it better? Just not going overkill. I think that's the thing where it's like, Oh, I got $30,000. Let's spend it all. It's like, no, spend 10 and then that'll get you what you need. You don't need to go crazy with it. Uh, you know, I don't need to go buy an $8,000 gimbal Movi free fly. I can get by with a, you know, $1,200 one. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think if you put it that way, I think the editor seems like the better choice then. Yeah. Because then that can help scale you and grow your business faster. And then once you ha- what once you get to that point, then you're able to get the cameras or gimbals or whatever else you need. Exactly. So, I mean, there's definitely some time, you know, by the end of 2024, we'll have some new stuff. We'll have some new fun tools to use. But really the goal for 2024 is to build up enough of a cushion to, you know, cover an editor for half a year for a year and not have to worry about that. Cause that has been my biggest hiccup with hiring an editor is I'm now responsible for this person's livelihood and I don't want to hire him for a month and a half and then fire him. So that's the main thing. We'll have some, we'll have some fun, fun gear by the end of the year though. Fun gear by the end of the year. I think that'll help make you make better decisions at the same time. Yep. Then you wouldn't want to be spending money aimlessly and then you're thinking about other people than yourself. Yeah. So right now it's kind of the same situation. You, you're trying to pay off your loans. Like there's a couple of things that I want to pay off pretty, not like not going to pay off my house or anything, but I have a loan out there for uh, the sewer that I had to fix the second I moved into my house, which is like nine grand. I probably have half Jeez. of that left. Uh, so it'd be cool if I could pay these things off, get everything covered and then go into 2024, absolutely feet hitting the ground. And, and go for that goal. I mean, I know the beginning of the year we said 500K was the goal. I don't know if I'm going to hit that. Um, I think it's still a couple of miracle projects would have to happen. But, I mean, I, I'm, I'm higher than I thought I was going to be. So that's that's exciting. But Here, other than here's that. Here's the plan on how we're going to hit it. You're going to hire an editor. You're going to look at your spreadsheets every day. And you're going to hit it. 
and you're going to start doing your, I don't think you've been doing it as much. You're going to start doing your cold outreach because now you're freeing up your time. Oh, and now yeah. Sales is your priority. By 2024. I don't know if I'll have an editor hired by 2024 though. Let's do it right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll report back in about two months. I think that's when uh, a lot of these invoices will be hitting. We'll see where we're at spreadsheet wise. All right. I have one more thing that got I thought of on the because of last episode. You're talking about face face routine and putting stuff on your face. I know you guys got a brand deal. I I don't. You didn't get a brand deal. You got test products to potentially have that brand deal on three dudes. Did Correct. that ever pan out or how'd that go? I think we did like did you guys test the products. Yeah, we use the products still. I think we did like one and a half ad reads and then didn't do any more. <laughs> so we yeah, we kind of just the products work. Yeah, I like the products. So they feel they make my I don't know how much they actually work for like acne, but it's good like mm-hmm. hydration for the face. Uh there's some eye serum. There's some uh kind of makes you glow a little bit, but I mean, it's it's nice product. I mean, it's four. They sent us fourteen hundred dollars worth of stuff, so that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, as far as the getting sales goes, I just don't think it was much of our demo. Especially, we only get about seventy to a hundred listens per episode. So converting that, yeah, converting that into sales is a little bit harder than if you're getting a thousand listens per episode. But yeah, I mean, it's still nice that we got the product. That was kind of cool. <laughs> I thought it was a scam Did at you- first. <laughs> right yeah especially when you're starting out so new and you don't, you don't really think that's gonna happen but did you see our most recent episode we got some decent views on that yeah it's pretty cool i was actually looking at because I, I was uploading tomorrow's episode for you guys listening we're all mumbo jumboed here but uh august 7th <laughs> august 7th episode uh, i was looking at the analytics when i was uploading that uh this morning so yeah so I was I, that was pretty cool to see that we got some decent listens out of that one. So We're thanks for tuning in. Yes, we appreciate each and every one of you. All right. Tyler. Wanna head into the news topic or do you have anything else? No, we're good. We can head into the news topic. Apple's has lost historic their historic uh three trillion dollar market share crown uh as sales disappoint. That is the headline of the article. Uh Tyler, I didn't read a ton into this article. Do you want to give us a little spark notes? I can do my best. So basically they dropped 4% and this was a the biggest drop they've had since September and they are third quarter in a row, third straight quarter in a row with decline in sales and it's predicted to be the same in this current period and the stock currently trades 28 times earning 28 times over earnings which is both a premium to its own history and the overall market, but it is still up 40% on the year. And I just remember way back in college when I bought, man, such bad timing for me. <laughs> I think it was around 2020, maybe, maybe, maybe earlier, 2019, maybe. And I bought all these stocks. I had Apple and I ended up panic selling everything at Christmas time. And man, at the time, they weren't even worth a trillion dollars. And I I can only imagine if I held on to those stocks. And if I held on to every stock that I ever bought, I'd be a lot better than the red I'm (laughs) I'm in overall from the stock market. I treat it as a little gambling ring and it did not turn out well for Tyler. Yeah. Just go to the craps table, man. It's more fun. (laughs) I might as well at this point because... how it always happens is I always end up going down and then I end up panic selling. And then I realized, you know what? Don't panic sell. <laughs> Just hold it. Diamond hands. <laughs> I've been holding on to my stuff since the COVID year. When I bought at the super low dip in March, I still have oh, the, nice. I still have the stocks. 
uh, from that time. So I don't know. It's at like my thousand bucks is at like two or three thousand now. So chilling. Yeah, I got I got some stocks that are up like freaking four hundred percent since that time. But I don't know when I'm ever going to sell it. It's three thousand dollars. What do I really need with three thousand dollars? Not a ton, but maybe one day. It's just in Robin Hood. So. Yeah, the worst part is whenever whenever you do that, you always got like twenty dollars in that stock, and then it's up like five hundred percent. You're like, yes, I'm at a hundred dollars, yep. dude. And I had it was at fifty five hundred. Jeez. And then Biden was elected. <laughs> mm. I mean, at the same time, it was COVID and all that shit. But yeah, uh, didn't they, didn't we have cover a topic on this where? They just released an AR and VR headset as well, or was that someone else? I think uh, it was Apple, wasn't it? We talked about it. Yeah, they had their, uh, I can't remember, Vision Pro or something like, like that. A, uh, yeah, yeah. That's that's interesting because they released that and they're declining as well. I think they, they said that they got the iPhone 15 coming out again in September, so we'll be hearing a lot of no new upgrades to the phone (laughs) Uh, yeah exactly same phone different look i wonder if it's because a little bit bigger yeah i wonder if it's because we're semi in a recession where people are being a little bit tighter with their money right now i wonder if that has anything to do with it maybe but i was look it seems across the board consumer spending is still going up because they're they're giving money out to everyone and everyone still apparently has a lot of extra money to be spending or we're just living in an extremely debted world where everyone's spending money on a credit card and they're spending money they don't actually have. So I don't know because it seems majority of Apple's profits come from their iPhone sales where everyone, I was just thinking back, they probably released it every September and this is their largest drop since September, which is interesting from last f- iPhone drop. So yeah. maybe it's going to be another drop another drop with this next iPhone release. But we'll see because I'm pretty sure iPhone's like their main selling point. Maybe the Apple fanboys are finally over it. Hell no. <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I'm just, <laughs> yeah. I'm just not... I'm just not the person that's going to go out and buy it every single year. Like the, you add one upgrade to it. It's like, why? What's yeah. the point? Exactly. So I, I'm a new iPhone about every two, three years. Um, mm-hmm. I don't even know what I got right now. The 13 maybe. So maybe my year's coming up here. But uh, yeah, I mean, the older get, the older I get, I remember growing up, I always wanted the new iPhone. New iPhone came out and get it. But the older I get, I'm like, yeah, my phone's doing exa- exactly what I need it to. Once the battery starts getting ripped through, right. that's usually the main thing that makes me upgrade. But yeah, I'm pretty good for yeah. now. I need to charge it once every two days. So until I need to charge it once every three hours, that's when it's time for an upgrade. Exactly. Even at that point, because I work from home, I got a charging cable right there. Yeah, I'm all set. So. Exactly. Once you're, uh, <laughs> but once, that just sucks. Once you're traveling, that's when you'll have to get a new phone. Uh, Tyler, anything else on Apple before we get into this week's topic? I think we're ready to head in. All right. So this week we're going to be talking about uh, this is one thing that came up last week. Kind of funny situation because I was thinking about it while on a shoot and then I texted Tyler and he was semi going through the same situation. But the example that I, why this topic arose is I was shooting a documentary and it was super awesome, but I wish I had charged more so we could accomplish more. And really it boils down to, I wanted to have more time to shoot, more pre-production time, more editing time, and it would have cost more money, but the product would have been just so much better. Uh, Tyler, what was your end of things when we were talking about, you know, working with clients for free and doing that work at the beginning? 
Yeah, that was one thing. So that's honestly why I thought we were going to be doing this. But for me, it's just doing that upfront work and judging that actually ties in pretty well with my update because I actually didn't realize it until now. But I put in so much work up front before I'm actually getting paid. And then it makes them feel like, okay, I'm the person for the job. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm talking about. And that's the thing that I did with Rick, where I came up with this huge document and different ideas, what we can do, how we can prepare, what, and just what it's going to look like. And then it just blew his mind away. And that's just something that I like to do. And it's it's the shock and wow factor before you're actually getting hired by them. And that's similar to what I did with my current client, where I met up with them, went over their Google ads, did a little bit of their audit, and I just showed it's just showing your expertise and showing your value that you can provide them before that it gives them a little taste of what you can actually do without them actually having to pay you to see what you're capable of doing. Yeah. And that's where I'm a big advocate. Like we talked about, you know, you did some free work up front and it actually ended up leading to an invoice where you get to bill it out and maybe more work down the road. I'm a big advocate of giving the clients things for free. It's just, when do you teeter on the line of, you know, this is a service that I want to charge for versus this is a service that's just an add on to make the client feel like they're important and feel special. And it's weird because the reason this is coming up is because you get to a certain point when, you know, you're obviously in the beginning stages where you want to do it and you want to get those clients. And now I'm at a point where the demand is so high, where you tell people $5,000, this is a, that's the example number we're going to use for this episode, but Hey, we can choose this documentary for $5,000 where really the demand's so high. I should just say it's going to take $10,000 and we're going to go above and beyond and don't really give them an option for that $5,000 price. So just upping your prices really is the moral of the story. But that's one thing I'm experiencing is that the demand's getting higher where I should make every single one of these projects be top notch. I shouldn't try to cut corners with these projects just to save a buck here and there. Yeah, this is really similar to what you sent me. And it was a podcast episode that Alex Ramosi released where it's getting your first few clients and it's doing that free work up front because you don't have that track record. You don't have like those testimonials. It's getting it, your foot in the door to potentially later have them pay for you to be a client or they just reach out to other people and say, this guy's great. I tried him out and this is something that you could do. So... For me, I'm in a much different situation, like you were saying, where I'm still working on those first few clients where I might have to go out and do some free work to be able to get my foot in the door or get my name out there. Whereas for you, you already have that name value. You already have your experience. You already have the track record. So people already know who you are. They know what you can do. So it's a little bit different in our scenario. So yeah, I do agree with that. Yeah, and it's interesting to see the dynamic between you just being in the beginning and me being a little bit further on and comparing the two because they're both very crucial steps in the business process where you need to go through the beginning phases where you might suck a little bit and you might not know what you're doing entirely. You don't know what the client experience is where the free services and the free things are so you can learn and you can get feedback and you can have the client actually work with you to make sure things are top notch when you do start charging people. Once you get to the point of charging people, and this is the step I was at, you know, a few months ago to maybe a year ago where 
I'm charging these high, I think they're high ticket prices, you know, $3,000. And you're trying to give the client as much as you can for $3,000 because you feel like that's such a high ticket item and you want to make sure they're getting everything out of that money. And now there's a transition period where it's like $3,000 isn't going to get you much. Like it's going to get me, you know, me on set, a couple crew, but we're not going to do a ton of pre-production just because the demand is so high because there's all these projects. Like I said, I think we're shooting for the next like 15 days in a row. Whereas now it's getting to the point where if you come to me and say documentary, you say it's okay, we're not going to cut any corners. We're going to do instead of one day pre-production, we're going to do three days pre-production. We're going to come up with a whole shot list. So we have everything planned out. We are going to hire on a five person crew instead of just coming with two people to save you some money. Uh, Our editing, we're going to take double as long on the edit so we can make this look like a Netflix production instead of just something that you're getting from a local production company and saying, here's the price. It's $11,000 instead of, oh, we'll do it for five and then we'll just cut a bunch of corners to fit into five. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, it does. Were you ever just starting out in the same situation as me where you were maybe offering for free or I I know you're obviously at a discounted rate because the time, but it's supply and demand like you were saying. So you, you said you'd you were at that point where you were charging or giving it away for free? Yeah, for sure. At the beginning, you know, where you're at right now, I was shooting entire projects for free, just saying, hey, let me just come shoot this project for free. Uh, I'll give it to you. And then even on the projects where I was getting money and I was charging a little bit, I was giving them extra deliverables where it's like, hey, I'll make a one minute video for you. Okay, I'll make a one minute video. And here's like four or five social clips just because you're paying me. So I think it's important to go through those stages at the beginning. Everyone does. You really want to just impress as many people as you can. And that starts to help build those relationships. And I still do that. I finished the project on Friday and in the contract, it is a two to five minute event recap video. And we did like seven or eight interviews on site and I sent it over and I said, Hey, here's the event recap video. I'm also putting together seven or eight social clips from each interview we did. So you guys can have those. So even though I'm at a point where the demand is high and I'm still charging premium prices, I'm still trying to give the clients more than they were promised just to wow them and build that relationship. Yeah, that's some that made me think of something where I'm in my beginning stage. Me working another job might not be the same thing, but when you are just starting out in business, you have a lot of more you have a lot more time on your side. So this is why you're able to do this stuff because you aren't overwhelmed with a lot of clients. So you're able to go above and beyond for all of your current clients, maybe like the few that you do have, you're able to go above and beyond and deliver such a good positive customer experience for them because you have that extra time. And I think it gets to a point, like you said, where if you have not a ton of time or you have a lot of time, you can add a little bit more to those clients. You should raise your prices high enough to be able to have more time to give the clients more than you're promising. Does that kind of make sense? So even if I'm charging $10,000, if I'm charging $5,000 and I have enough bandwidth to only complete the exact deliverables in the contract, I should start charging $10,000 to free up time. So the clients that are paying the 10,000 get the contract deliverables. Plus I can have those add-ons in there. I don't think you always add add add-ons, not always, but I try to as much as I can, but that's the line I'm teetering between where it's like, 
it's it's busy right now where I don't even have time to work on those extra add-ons because the next project is due right away. Where if I had less projects for a higher ticker price, I could say, okay, here's your deliverables. But now before the next one's due, I got a little bit more time to mess around with some of the footage and get you some extra stuff for free. So I think if you yeah. can always keep working up to giving your client more and more instead of being ass to nuts with your schedule for shooting and deliverables where they it turns into more transactional based rather than relationship based, that's what you should always be striving for. Yeah, so I think a few things to touch on there. I believe it's good to do that. And then it it adds that shock and wow factor. But at the same time, you got to make sure that you're setting client expectations to where, to the point where they don't expect it every single time that you're going to be giving it to them. So it's just whenever you have that extra time and then you just throw it in there. Yeah, Whereas this is more so for newer clients it, I'm kind of talking about. Okay. Yep. Okay. So if I bring a new client on and they're like, like, let's use this documentary, for example, uh, I'm not editing it, but let's say I was going to deliver, uh, let's use the event. For example, they're a new client. Um, I promised them one event video and it's, I think it was like 2,600, $2,700, something like that. Okay. Well, I'm giving one video plus seven social clips. If they want to contract me to do another project, I'm probably not going to give them extra. I'm going to, here's your price. You might get a little bit of uh, saving money here and there for repeat business, but I'm not going to give you more deliverables. But if we work together for a year, there might be seven months down the road where it's like, Hey, we're still working together. Here's a couple extra things I threw together in the meantime. Yeah, I like that. That's really similar to Andy Frisella's model with his business where they give away free samples. And that's kind of what this is, where you're giving away samples of what else you can potentially do for them. And then it's like, maybe next time you guys do sign up, they go, yeah, I really like those free sample or those social clips that you guys created for me. Maybe we'll add that pa- part of the package onto it because I really liked it last time. So I, it's making me spark up the ideas of what Andy does all the time with his current business, because I always get those samples. I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think they, yeah. And I think it ties to some people might think, you know, well, that's a, it's a retail business. They can send you free samples. Well, service-based business, yeah. you can have free samples in that too. You know, if I'm creating a 10 minute documentary, maybe I throw in a, a minute and 30 second trailer, like a movie trailer. They're not expecting that. And then next time we do a documentary together, I can say, hey, do you want a trailer for this one? We threw it in there and then you can bill for that trailer. So like you said, just sprinkling those other things you can in there. Or if I'm on a shoot or something, say, hey, you know, we shot it. Here's your deliverables. Also, we threw in 50 photos. You know, Mm -hmm. it's just photos Mm -hmm. of the clients smiling, that kind of stuff. So then next time they're like, hey, we want to work together again. We got this new project. You can say, cool. Do you want some photos? We shot some photos last time. Do you want some photos this time? So it just allows you to be like, okay, here's the other services we offer. If you don't want it, that's totally fine. You're not going to get it for free this time like you did last time. But sprinkling those in there so the client does see the other things you're capable of. I wouldn't necessarily say that up front. Hey, you're not going to get this this time. No, you wouldn't, say, you wouldn't it, say that, but that's what you're yeah, thinking. I think, I think it's maybe just like you could even change it up. So maybe the first time you gave them a couple extra pictures, maybe the second time you give them a couple extra social clips, maybe the next time you give a trailer or something, something along those lines where you're just switching it up and you're just letting them test out the other deliverables that you could potentially get. And then maybe one of the times they're going to, or maybe they'll start building up and slowly just adding more of your offerings onto it, onto what they're, they're buying. 
Yeah, that's this exact example actually happened last month. We we shoot show, social clips for a local chiropractic company, and when we were filming one of the social clips, I mentioned to him, I said you know, this is a super awesome topic. They're pretty much explaining how they work. So like, if you've never worked with this company before, here's the process to give you an idea. And I said, Hey, it'd be cool to film a longer form video on this process and almost using it as a driving force to get them to some sort of funnel when you guys are in your new building. And they're like, yeah, that's actually a really good idea. So now we have the idea of once they're in their new building, we're going to create this new concept just based on one conversation that we had while shooting their current concept. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm trying to think how you would be able to test that one out, but you can't really test landing pages. No, I mean, you could you could say, hey, we're going to create this for you for free. And then you, you know, six months later, you say, hey, we should create some change the way it, it's laid out or shoot new videos for the landing page or whatever it is. But yeah, it's hard to create. Oh, let's create another landing page. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, here, we created this landing page for free. You can pay us to manage it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, you know, even creating it and being like, oh, well, okay, we got to put some videos on there. And then six months down the road, you're like, well, it'd be cool if you refresh those testimonials. You know, you guys add a new service. Let's talk about that service in those testimonials for the landing page instead of, you know, the old ones where you're talking about something that's not relevant anymore. That would be an interesting tactic look the old hook and ladder i don't know if that's hook and ladder term but it is now <laughs> where <baby>. you like <laughs> where you force them into future projects because you created this landing yep. page that you put the videos on and then you say hey i think it's time for an update on man these are getting old just, <laughs> right you just you guarantee yourself in there yeah that's actually not a bad business idea we're freaking flying off the top of our domes here today tyler like I like it. Maybe that's something that you'll implement. Yeah, but basically that's that's kind of what I've been going through, and it's not much of a topic really. This episode mainly just talking about something that I was going through, and that mentally I I thought to myself is that exactly what we talked about: start charging more so we can maintain that good client experience. And when you know this time comes, is when that demand does get really high. You're running thin. You're not able to treat the client's relationship based and it's more transactional based where it's okay here's your product i'll talk to you okay now let's talk to this client okay turn now let's talk to this client where you're not really building that relationship so i think that's really when you can start to realize there needs to be some sort of change made and usually it boils down to raising those prices up yeah that's interesting because that's one thing that i've been thinking about because of what i'm charging the current client and then it's just thinking about, am I able to deliver that much value to them to be able to charge that much? And then I'm just thinking about how am I going to be able to scale it up? And one thing Alex says is say a number that you can say with a straight face without laughing. And then <laughs> you just go from there. And then if you if you feel confident with that number and you aren't going to laugh and you're able to deliver that value, go with it. And then if you can, if you're still increasing your prices and you don't laugh when you say a number, just keep Kept keep increasing. Yeah. And Especially that's, if clients keep coming in. Dude, something that I've raising prices is a topic. I don't know if we've talked about that on the show, but it is a mental thing you have to wrap your mind around is that raising prices. This is in the VBA that I'm in. You know, Nick talks about this where th all these numbers are made up. It's fake, dude. You yeah. say whatever number yeah. you want, right? If I say $8,520 or if I say 9110 what's the difference, you know? It's all made right. up. Like you said, it's just confidence-based. If I'm like, hey, it's going to cost $12,000, and then you just sit there like this, and they're like, okay, I guess yeah. that's I guess that's what it costs, right? And obviously, yeah. you have an itemized breakdown, but 
raising the prices, if I raise my day rate from 1200 to 1500 what made that change? Nothing really. It's just that I wanted to raise it because I'm busy. Is it's the value changing? Man. Yeah, maybe a little bit, but that's what's fun it's about all it. It's all perceived value because the what they see, that's going to be worth. Yeah. So if you raise it to $12,000 or you offer $12,000 they and they accept it, they think they're going to be getting $12,000 in exchange for that. And whatever they perceive that $12,000 value of, say with this professional quality video, that's what they perceive it as. Yeah. Business world's weird, man. Just everything's kind of like made up. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much is. A little exchange fake. of money. Uh, Tell you got anything else as far as that goes? I mean, not a terribly long topic from us here, but... That's kind of all I kind of wanted to go over. And that's, I think it's an important one to know is that you got to know when to level up your experiences and re- change those prices and maintain that level of service that you've been providing. Even if you do lose a couple of clients, you know, I had one reach out that wanted to do another project and one, I didn't entirely want to work with them. So I said, Hey, we're only accepting retainer clients right now. And if they say, awesome, let's do it. Then you have, you know, it's the whole thing of outpricing that person. So if you're like, Hey, $5,000. And if they say no, you're like, okay, that's fine. But if they say yes, you're like, I guess I'm getting paid $5,000. Yeah. Would you say this ties together with client experience? So when you're raising the prices, it's being able to deliver a better client experience. Yeah. I think the, the, the fewer clients you have, the better client experience you can give, obviously, but you still need to be making the same amount of money you were with the more clients. And that really Hmm. goes down to, you know, if you're charging 10 clients, $10,000, or if you're charging 20 clients, $5,000, you're getting the same thing, same amount of money, but it's half the, uh, half the amount of work. Yeah. Makes sense. All right. Tyler, anything else you got, or we'll get into this week's business idea. Feel like that's about it. Let's jump right into this idea that you got here. All right, Finance Hub. I was kind of thinking about this one about two months ago, and it's been on the list, but more so now that we talked about last week checking your spreadsheets and your numbers. I want some sort of app or website or something that manages everything from your investing, whatever you got on Robinhood, to your uh, 401k, your Roth IRA, all of your bank accounts, your cash your amortization amortization schedule, is that what it's called? Where it's the payments month to month, whatever that is. Um, You have all that. You have your yearly expenses. You have a budget where everything is in one app. And I can go look at that because I don't want to create the spreadsheet myself. I don't like creating spreadsheets. And there's so many different apps where I can go to Northwestern Mutual. I can go to Robinhood. I can go to my Gate City bank accounts. But if I had everything tied into one, it's almost like a hub for all my finances and budgeting and investing all of it, I think that'd be a nice product. So are you seeing something like an everything type of app? X. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like a great idea. And this episode is sponsored by Elon Musk. (laughs) (laughs) The goats. I I, I think I saw, I don't, this is getting a little bit off topic, but I think I saw Elon post a live video and then he said, Elon versus Musk will be live streamed on Twitter. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So, so it's just pretty much an app that does everything. Yeah. So in mainly or is the, it just finances, I'm, I'm thinking just finance wise. I mean, there could be more, but really I'd like to, cause when you talk about, you know, checking the spreadsheets more and what's coming in, it'd be nice if I didn't have to go to four or five different 
things to check all of that, right? So I had to create my own spreadsheet, but I don't know how to create a, an awesome spreadsheet that I can read easily and has the information on there. I can get a base level one, but if I had something where it was app-based or website-based, it would be much better to be like, okay, cool. What are my expenses this year? What is my profit going to be like based on, okay, so if, if I have this much profit, how much can I put into these investing accounts? And everything was tied together into one is one hub rather than, okay, I got to go check over here on my, uh, you know, my revenue sheet or my, uh, what's it called? Um, accounts receivable. And then I have to go over here to my Robinhood account. Well, what do I got in Robinhood? And then I got to go check in my 401k. And then I got to go check in my Roth IRA. You know what I mean? So if there was just one hub, one place it could all live, that'd be legit. So is this just personal or business or both? I think you could have both. You could you could have a tab for, okay, here's my personal finances. Here's my business finances. And then maybe you have yeah. like tracking progress bars if you can set goals where it's like, okay, I want to uh, save up enough money to um, buy an investment property. You can have some sort of budget and plan on there to hit that goal. Mm-hmm. So you can see, okay, I got $30,000 coming in the business. I can take this amount, put it into my personal to save for this goal to get my property, whatever it is, you know? Yeah, I would like like that to the point where you're able to see all your credit cards. Cause even link I those. Got, yeah. A, yeah. I got like five different credit cards and I got to bounce back and forth, make sure I'm making all my payments where if you're able to see it all in one area and then it shows you all of them, how much you got to pay for all of them when the due date is. And then if you're able to make the payment through there as well. And then also I think, it, I think it would be fairly easy if the app had its own say spreadsheets and then it's like different categories maybe and then it says subscriptions because i know a lot of people will have a bunch of subscriptions that they know they don't even pay for yep and then it's just continually billing them and they are like oh i didn't even realize that i got that and maybe it's just maybe it doesn't track it when you get paid it's just this is on this is on this is on this is on because and this is off and it would just give you a good bird's eye view of everything that you're currently paying for and all the subscriptions that you currently have. Yeah. I feel like people definitely forget about that. And you could see, yeah, you could see your subscriptions on there, what your expenses are. Maybe there's even a net worth section where it's like, okay, you can put your assets in there. You know, I own my house. I own this business. You can see it. There's a net worth section where everything is in one place. So if you're like, Hey, I want to know how I'm doing in life right now, financial wise, you can open this app and everything you need is right there. Not bad. Maybe someone should make a everything app. They should. I'm going to call my guy. I know a guy <laughs> named Elon. He, he does cool shit like this. I'll see what I can get in his ear. Does he? Yeah. I'd, li- I'd like to meet this guy. No, uh, you can't. Sorry. <laughs> He's pretty <laughs> limited on time. Yeah. Damn. But yeah, finance up. I'm, I'm honestly, last uh, last couple business ideas of the gas pass was two weeks ago. Uh then this one, I'm kind of on a roll. <laughs> I, I do like that gas pass idea. I'm not going to lie. I was thinking about it today. I'm pretty sure it was either today or yesterday. I was thinking about it Yeah, because I got gas. Throw it in the, uh, throw it in the, um, uh, the everything app. You got your finances, you got your gas pass, yeah. you got your, uh, movie subscriptions, whatever it is. I don't know. There it is. Tyler, anything else on finance hub? I think that's everything. 
Cool. That's episode 51 of The Midnight Entrepreneur. If you have any questions you'd like us to cover or answer, email us at themidnightentrepreneur at gmail.com. If you found value in this content or found this entertaining, share this with a friend or post it on your story. If you really enjoyed the show, we'd love a rating and a review wherever you're listening. Talk to you guys next week for another episode of The Midnight Entrepreneur. Whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Henry Ford. (laughs) Henry Ford. (laughs) 